0: Alright everybody, welcome to episode 60 of Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. My name is Alex D'Orio, I am one of your co-hosts, one of the creatures of the night, and I am joined as always by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, Mr. Travis White. Travis, my man, we are sitting here, or as we're recording this, we're just Five days away from The Undertaker stepping back into the ring yet again here in 2018 for the, uh, I believe, the third time on pay-per-view, I think for the fourth time uh, besides that house show at Madison Square Garden uh, a few months ago as well. Uh, And, you know, as we keep mentioning, we started this podcast thinking he was retired and uh, we're talking about a quote-unquote end-of-an-era match here tonight. But, uh, man, what do you think (laughs) What do you think about how much we've seen The Undertaker step into the ring here in 2018? And are you excited about seeing him and Triple H go at it for the <laughs> last time ever with an asterisk next to it?
1: <laughs> yeah. Tongue firmly placed in cheek. Man, I, I'm honestly excited. I actually just took a WWE Fan Council uh, survey today oh. and it was asking about what match are you most excited for. And aside from Becky Charlotte and uh, AJ and Samoa Joe, that was my. That was up there, too. Those are my top three I'm looking forward to. This one for nostalgia purposes, obviously. You know you know, it's not the last time. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man, because it's always good to see you take her in the ring. And um, you just posted that really cool interview he had with that church in Dallas or Austin, where it was at. And, in uh, Texas. yeah. Yeah, that small state, Texas. <laughs> Some <laughs> small blip on the map there in Texas. But uh, he said, you know, the moves don't matter, you know. The, it's the character and, the, you know, the all the storytelling and matter. And like, I can't say like they've been building this match up pretty well. You know, it's been built up better than Cena and Taker was back at WrestleMania.
0: Yeah. And, that's uh, going to be a weird one to revisit here on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> that's a ways down the road, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what's your, uh, what's your prediction?
1: Oh, Taker, man, he's got to win, dude. He's got to win.
0: Yeah, he's got a clean I,
1: sweep. Triple
0: H. I, I guess it all depends on if they're really going to go through with this rumored DX versus Brothers of Destruction tag match at the Saudi Arabia show. Uh, if Shawn Michaels is going to come out of retirement for that. Um, if that's the case, you got to do some sort of angle here, maybe some sort of DQ. or uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I do think... Uh, maybe Undertaker wins and Triple H has to, you know, recruit Shawn Michaels out of retirement one last time to to finally try to take down Undertaker and Kane. That's that's my guess, but who knows, man. I, I will be watching it, man. Like I, I think I mentioned, I haven't watched too much uh, current product stuff since WrestleMania, but I'm definitely gonna check this one out for sure. The the buildup, it's been, uh, you know, a lot of people have complained about it online, but heck, I've, I've loved it, man. I, it's been fun to see those guys cutting promos and. uh, uh, in a lot of ways, I think, still on the show the past few weeks.
1: Oh, absolutely. They have all of them. Have, the only problem I have is Kane hasn't shown up. So, um, yeah, he's a little but, busy. You know, he'll be there. He's a little busy in Knoxville, about an hour and a half from me. So he's got <laughs> things going on. So, yeah, um, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. we will uh, I can't wait to cover that one You know, in a few years when we get to that match. So we'll probably give our quick thoughts on it on our next week's episode. Sure. But then we'll cover it in detail in a few years. Episode 6040, whatever it's going to be.
0: <laughs> it's funny that on these Raw shows that we're covering, we're, uh, it's right in the middle of Jerry Lawler running for mayor of <laughs> Memphis. Yeah. And they keep bringing that up. And now Kane is the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee. Man, who would have ever thought?
1: Yeah, it's crazy, man. Crazy times. And, and uh, Jesse Ventura is the governor.
0: So. He's the governor of Minnesota right here during <laughs> this era. Uh, but yeah, so we're, uh, you know, before we get into the show that we're covering today, as you mentioned it, Uh, We posted a really, really cool video on our social media page, of The Undertaker, speaking at a church in Texas called Fellowship Church. Uh, Apparently they've been doing a whole series about wrestling, I think is what they called it. (laughs) They interviewed Sting and Ted DiBiase and Ric Flair, of all people, uh, at this church, and Uh, Yeah, (laughs) they they posted the full interview with the Undertaker. The pastor did. It's like 37 minutes long. I watched the whole thing the other night, man. uh, It's just awesome. It's it's the closest thing I think we've gotten to like a an in depth podcast. You know, he never does stuff like that, Uh, but he talks for a good long while about just the idea of his character and, as you mentioned, what it means to to build up a meaningful match. How it's not all about you know, shooting star presses and dives to the outside. How it's about building up a character. Uh, he tells some great stories about Andre the Giant, about Mark Henry, and uh, even shares a little bit about his faith, which I had honestly had no idea about, especially watching him crucify guys <laughs> this day and age.
1: Yeah, I don't think in '99 he was he was a man of faith. So. Yeah, but I do. I mean, I knew his his wife. You know, she has the. The crosses and stuff and she claims you know to have the faith. well so I, I figured there was something there but yeah it's, it's kind of neat and again whether you, whatever your beliefs are listeners it doesn't matter it's still a cool interview you know just yeah. the first 30 minutes of it they don't even they don't even touch on that they just talk about his career and stuff so you know whatever you feel it doesn't matter it's really neat interview and like you said out of you know it's it's out of character for him literally he's not in character and he doesn't do these very often so, so pretty rare. cool stuff
0: yeah, definitely recommend checking it out. We've got the links posted on uh, Facebook and Twitter at Talking Taker on there if you want to check that out. But enough about 2018. Let's take our time travel and hearse back to July of 1999 on the next stop on our exploration as we dig into, like we said, episode 60 here. This is crazy. Talking about fully loaded, yeah, Yeah, fully loaded, the end-of-an-era match, 1999, as The Undertaker takes on Stone Cold Steve Austin for the WWF title and a first blood match with Vince McMahon's career on the line. Wow, it's a lot going on here. (laughs)
1: There's a lot going on, a lot of stakes, and I'm I'm excited to talk about the build-up to this, because there's also a lot going on in addition to that, because, man... We're just weaving these threads of storyline in and out of each other and building toward the next pay-per-view and the next thing that's going to happen. So we'll touch on all that as we get in here. But meanwhile, why don't we – you know, you do these – it seems like when we get to July every every calendar year, we, we always touch up on how the companies are doing, feuding with each other. And so why don't you brush us up on what's going on here between WCW and WWF?
0: Yeah, we've kind of gotten into this habit of talking about the, the state of the business here uh, at every July pay per view. And you can go back through our archives at talkingtaker.podbean.com and hear all the di- those different episodes. And it's just, uh, I, I guess it's kind of been a coincidence that there's been major things going on. It seems to be a huge month in WCW history every single year. And last year mm-hmm. it was when Goldberg won the title for the first time. And, and you were yeah. there in attendance for that, Travis. And you know that was a peak moment, maybe the peak uh, of WCW. You know, I I don't know if it's their, I, I can't remember if it's their highest rated moment or not. But it's pretty much, pretty much all downhill from them ever since that moment. Uh, and <laughs> <Certainly>. <laughs> uh, I think Steadily. <laughs> you brought up the point, whereas their pay per view in July of ninety eight. They were. It was a bigger pay per view, and they had celebrities involved. That was with Rodman and Balone in that tag team match, whereas WWF's might not have, have might not have had as big of a pay per view at the time, but they were focused on their own guys and building up their own guys and their own credibility. Right. And you can kind of see that here in July of '99, kind of comparing the two pay per views. Like I mentioned, the main event here for WWF's pay per view is. Austin versus Undertaker, you know, two of the most solid guys, company guys in, in company history, two of their top guys ever. Whereas in WCW, we're seeing them put on just the Bash of the Beach 99 main event. I Could you remember this if I didn't tell it to you?
1: No, I didn't remember <laughs> Sid being there this early in 99. I thought he came in like in the fall. Apparently, I idea.
0: the main event of Bash of the Beach 99 was Randy Savage and Sid versus Kevin Nash and Sting in a tag team match, which, wait for this, for the WCW title. <laughs> the winner of the match becomes the <laughs> WCW champion. Uh, That's what's happening in WCW. Yeah. And, you know, they were still a huge deal at this time. You know, wrestling was still as hot as ever in 1999. And I know we, you know, we both still flipped channels between both those shows during this time. But, dude, the tide has just turned it tremendously. You can tell. WWF is on the roll of all rolls here. And they could almost do whatever the heck they wanted, as we're going to see yeah. during some of this build. Because <laughs> it's just like throwing stuff at the wall, but it doesn't even matter. And they're so hot that, as we're going to get into here uh, on our first episode of Raw... They're about to set the record for the highest rated match in cable television history. A record that still stands to this day.
1: Oh, and will stand forever, because again, the way oh, yeah. no one's no one's ever gonna achieve this again, not with streaming and thousand million channels you can watch and everything on demand and Hulu and Netflix. Yeah, there's that's never gonna happen again. So yeah, it's crazy, man. Like you said, WCW is in a steady decline at this point and they'll get a shot in the arm when Russo comes in and we'll talk about that on this, you know, podcast in a couple months, uh, when we hit a couple months from now when he actually leaves. So, um, yeah, man, but it WCW is it's in second place for sure. And WWF is rolling and they can do no wrong. Even when you look back at it and some of this stuff is like, what the heck were they thinking? <laughs> so oh, yeah. And you know what? I'm going to hop in our, in our, uh, hearse tank and drive a, a a hole through these or a drive straight through these plot holes and some of this stuff we're going to cover here today too. So, Oh yeah, we're going to have some fun with that. (laughs) In fact, Steve Austin does as well. So we'll talk about that when we get there.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Well, just one last point on, on, on all this WCW versus WWF stuff at the time. Again, Austin and rock, they seem to always be the ones that get all the credit. They get pushed to the forefront here, but look at undertaker, man. Look where he's been placed on the card for the past year. He has been the top, one of the top two or three guys right there. You know, Austin yep. Rock, main event at WrestleMania, but Undertaker has been the number one heel. He's been the number one guy for these guys to go against. He's been the one leading the ministry, he's been up at the forefront. He has uh, had just as many pay-per-view main events wait more main events than the rock up to this point for sure but he oh, has yeah. been austin's main rival for all this and it takes more than one guy it takes it takes somebody else across the ring there to be a part of that success so i uh, you gotta give undertaker a lot of this credit as well for being part of this momentum that overtakes wcw
1: Oh, for sure. And we said that, you know, going way back, that's one of the reasons we even started this podcast is because he's just a freaking stalwart and a cornerstone. And you can always come back to him and build on him. I mean, regardless of the crap they put him through or whatever, you know, ministry, you know, sacrificing people, you know, we're you can get away from that and just, you know, tweak one little thing and come back to take her. And he's a serious threat again. And he's just always going to be there, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. you got to have some, two to tango, and yeah, you're right. He's been at the forefront of all this stuff this last year or so. And finally, he gets his match at the top of the card again here on Fully Loaded, so I'm excited about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's get to it, man. Let's uh, kick <laughs> off the build with Raw, episode 318, uh, June 28, 1999. As we mentioned here, this is the show that has... Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker in the highest-rated match in cable television history. Just absolutely incredible.
1: It's nuts, man. It's a 9.5 rating, which just—the ratings are hard to break down, but basically what I did in my research is that basically means— I mean, if it had been a 1 or 10.0 rating, that would have been one out of every households who have cable available were watching this match at this time. That's ten percent of anyone who has cable is watching this match on this night at this time. So that's just crazy, man. It's just nuts to think that.
0: It is. And it it felt like that back then though, too. It felt like yeah. one out of every ten people was talking about wrestling, was wearing a wrestling T shirt or, or something like that. Yeah, it it, it probably was. You know, that. Popular, those like you said, those ratings are hard to break down and understand, and maybe not one hundred percent accurate. It's a statistic, sure. but it definitely felt like that. And it's crazy, man. Guess who is in it? Like, it just goes back to what I'm saying. Undertaker is a part of that. It's not just Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and this um, this is a good match. We'll get to that, but we'll start with the top of the show. So we got, of course, things staying the same corporate ministry going to open the show up here and they got confetti and balloons falling and they're excited and um taker's out with kind of walking behind shane and vince and china triple h are kind of on the same level as taker here so you can see that he's kind of down in the pecking order he's behind you know shane and vince here and it's not a celebration and uh they got the you know he gloats about king the ring how you know they got their um you know they won and you know austin lost the the ladder match and so they're in control and so Shane's gonna fire Stone Cold from his office position, but not as in talent. He still can wrestle. So
0: yeah. So just to remind people, uh, we last left off at King of the Ring '99. Uh, as far as Undertaker goes, he defended the title successfully against The Rock. But yeah, Stone Cold was the CEO of the WWF there for a couple weeks and put the, all the power of the WWF on the line in a ladder match against Vince and Shane at King of the Ring. Uh, so it, which they ended up winning because the briefcase was mysteriously risen up above the ring out of Stone Cold's grasp there at the end of that match. Uh, and we're gonna find out uh, allegedly who was responsible for that here during this segment. but since Stone Cold <laughs> is no longer in power and uh, as Vince says, he's gonna he's gonna keep him on as a wrestler, but move him down to the bottom of the card, maybe have him compete in some preliminary matches. So he is going to have an all corporate ministry main event for Fully Loaded, and Vince makes Undertaker versus Triple H as his main event for Fully Loaded, uh, which Triple H smiles about, and Undertaker is not so happy about. Uh, and
1: uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's not happy about it because you know they have that brief little tussle that we touched on in last week's episode, and you know, but um, it's just funny though because like as Vince says that we're celebrating the complete harmony of the corporate ministry, and then Taker and Hunter are going to function as one. And then he makes the match for them to fight in four weeks. It's like what that doesn't even make sense at all. So, but you know what, man, I would have loved to have seen Austin in some like preliminary jabroni matches. That would have been so awesome. <laughs> would have been fun. Just like you know, just lining them up, stunner, one, two, three, stunner, one, two, three. That'd have been hilarious to have seen that progress. So. See him
0: work up the card against uh, meat beaver cleavage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Like, you know, you used to have to do like a storyline mode for like um SmackDown versus Raw or something. You yeah, know, you start absolutely. out as a J as a J you work up to the main event. That'd have been awesome to see him do that. So, oh man. But yeah, you said um, you know, we got a, a reveal here, I guess, because during the middle of this um promo we get boss man coming out to his old hard times music and dude, I miss that song. Yeah, <laughs> so me good. Too, man. To hear. <laughs> So good. If
0: you ever take a trip and, um, down to Cobb County, Georgia.
1: <laughs> Which you do. Every day. <laughs> Literally every day. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, this dude gets in the ring and they kind of feign having a confrontation. And then he just grabs a mic and says, I love you guys. <laughs> All I could hear was brother love in my head. I can hear Pritchard saying it.
0: <laughs> and the, uh, oh. the assumption here is that. The big boss man was the one who raised the briefcase because he was fired from the corporation last week on Raw, and the stipulation was no one from the corporation was allowed to interfere in that match. And so since he technically wasn't a member of the corporation anymore, he was able to interfere. But much like that whole reveal we talked about last week with uh, Linda making events, the CEO, (laughs) it's all implied, and... The announcers don't fill yeah. us in on it. We just have to try to interpret that on our own. And you know, as we've said before, a little bit of subtlety is great. But sometimes with these major plot points, it might be great yeah. to like fill people in. <laughs> you know, I, you and I, we both took gifted classes, but I would say most <laughs> wrestling fans maybe aren't quite up to that level of intelligence to try to fill in all these plot holes.
1: Yeah, some of them need to be spoon-fed, and they're handheld, and me, even, yeah, last week was a stretch for me to try to fill that gap in, so yeah, this is, you know, I've always heard the boss man's the one to raise it, but we never get told, so anyway, I still want to know who drove the white Hummer on Nitro, so still wondering. I'm still waiting, still waiting for that, and who stole Samoa Joe back in TNA, so anyway, do <laughs> <laughs> you remember that whole storyline? Oh, maybe it'll pay off at Super Showdown, so um, we'll but see.
0: Fingers crossed. <laughs> Oh,
1: uh, um, that's not the only interruption we have for this promo, though. We get Stone Cold coming out, and he's got the – comes out, and he says that, um, you know, while he was still CEO, he took out an insurance policy before the match. And I just – unfortunately, Rick Rude passed away and back in April. Mm. But I thought, how cool would it have been if he – would you know, that was – that was a uh, – uh, HPK's insurance policy a couple years ago, so that have been kind of yeah, neat to have that, had had that, been that little throwback. But um, I, I didn't realize he was dead at the, at the time I wrote my notes, and I went back and looked like, no he passed away. So yeah. already, so plus they have history being in the uh, dangerous alliance together. So, but um, anyway, it, he says he had an insurance policy, and he signed himself a new, bigger contract with lots of more zeros, and basically waived that whole "you can't touch Vince" rule. So yeah, he, he can touch him anytime he wants he to. Get permission
0: to assault him whenever he wants to. At this point, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
1: a great stipulation uh,
0: to have in your contract.
1: Oh, absolutely! You can beat up my boss at <laughs> will. Whatever
0: you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But But uh, mm. perhaps more importantly than that, he yes. Uh, apparently, Stone Cold was very clairvoyant about all this. He knew. <laughs> that he might be screwed at King of the Ring on June 27th. So during his final few hours as CEO, he booked himself a WWF championship match. Uh, the one he said he was entitled to a few weeks ago that he was going to cash in on at some point on June 28th on raw tonight. So he's going to get his revenge. He post dated predated the contract right there. And also if anyone gets within 10 feet of the ring, uh, that taker will be disqualified and austin will win the title remember that if anyone, if any member of the corporate ministry gets involved even within 10 feet of the ring undertaker will be disqualified
1: (laughs) yeah that's a key there yeah yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely so of course taker's not too pleased but he says bring it basically you know so he's ready to go so um that kind of brings us to the rest of the show we get um
0: there is another historic match on this show, along with the main event. Oh, sure. This is this was incredible, man. It is a battle of boxers versus briefs. Yes, this actually happened. <laughs> Chaz wrestled meat on this show, and we had the visual of two dudes literally wrestling in their underwear. People make fun of wrestling a lot of times, like two, a bunch of two dudes wrestling in underwear. No, Chaz wrestled <laughs> representing boxers, and Meat wrestled <laughs> representing briefs. And in case you listeners want to know, oh. boxers did get the win, uh, and Chaz won with a, a reverse Death Valley Driver of all moves during the
1: match. It
0: was uh, a sight to see.
1: It was man, I. Uh... Man, I used to use that move on all my creative wrestlers, the reverse JFLI drive, because it was freaking brutal. But yeah, yeah. here you go, Chaz uses it. Who, again, has dropped the Beaver Cleavage name. Yeah, dropped the Beaver Cleavage name. Now he's Chaz. And yeah, dude, boxers versus breeze I can't even believe that was a real thing. So, I mean, 10% of America that had cable tuned in got to see this. <laughs> Literally two guys wrestling man. in their underwear.
0: They should have saved that for pay-per-view.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, man. That's unfortunate. Unfortunate. <laughs> so I could take the less chaz and meat we talk about, the better. So, um, well,
0: but please move yeah. on.
1: <laughs> so, um, but one thing that's kind of nice is uh, is there's not corporate ministry in a hundred million segments. You know, it's not taking up as much time. Now there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on with Taker we're gonna cover here that has nothing to do with this match with Austin. For sure. But the corporate ministry is gonna kind of take a back seat here as a faction we see them here at the beginning of this night but then as the weeks are going to go on they're kind of i don't know they're not disassembled or anything but they're just take a back seat which honestly makes you and our job here easier yeah, it does. <laughs> we don't have to follow every single thing but um anyway um I, so cole's going to interview vince backstage and he's like i'm not worried about austin because you know we took his heart last night so i guess raising the um i guess his heart was to be ceo which i disagree with so. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway <laughs> that's going to bring us to the main event uh taker well, comes out to, with paul do you want to mention the rock there. oh and he just gave a promo before his match at triple h saying that you know the world saw him beat taker three times last night and he did get that new tattoo on the back of his head so i know he mentioned that heat the night before uh um uh on the, the uh, pay-per-view he said that he's going to give it to him on his butt cheek but now here i guess he <laughs> changed it to on the back of his head so I appreciate him. That way, we can all see it. So.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> a his thirty-three
1: pound head. Yeah. So, <laughs> so just keep that in mind because we still got that little rock, you know, dangling that little thread there. Um, there's gonna be a lot of people that Undertaker feuding with this next four weeks. So.
0: <laughs> so yeah, the the main event right here. Uh, Taker comes out first, and he has someone with him within ten feet <laughs> of the ring. Apparently. From. <laughs> Apparently, Paul Bear doesn't count as a corporate ministry member uh, because he's right there at ringside, even though they gave that stipulation to start the match. And he interferes all over the place.
1: All throughout the match, man, with the loaded loafer, man. Yeah, he's so I guess Austin was feeling, I don't know, benevolent this night and not feeling yeah. like he needed to exercise that. But, yeah, they just completely <laughs> violate their own stipulation from the beginning of the night. It's just like, come on, man. Pay attention to that detail. That's just something that gets me furious about wrestling. I take it way too seriously. Sometimes that stuff kind of gets me infuriated. But, um, yeah, they go at it immediately. You know, Austin enters, and they just slug it out. And it's very similar to their previous outings. However, it's it's like on steroids. It's sped up. You know, these CP yeah. matches are great. Um, I really like it's. You know, I think we've said this before about one of their Raw matches, but this might be the best one we've seen so far.
0: I think it was you know, my favorite. Between these
1: two guys. Yeah, me too, man, and uh, apparently 10% of America Cable's favorite too, so um, good stuff. Uh, it, it basically ends after a double down, and then Tombstone gets attempted, but it gets reversed into a stunner. Um, Paul Bear pulls the ref out, Austin nails him, and then he hits an apron stunner on Taker. Um, they get a little miscommunication in there, and it's kind of weird at the end, but um, they still have that, you know, they still don't have the perfect chemistry. So, Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: but uh, I do appreciate that they they play off their last Raw match too because that was the similar thing that happened there with Paul Bearer pulling yeah. Austin out towards the end uh, and it gets a hot two count here when he interferes. But Austin's able to fight it off this time and actually get the pinfall and win the WWF championship on Raw for I believe this is only the third time that the WWF title had ever changed hands on Monday Night Raw.
1: And two of them were Austin.
0: And two of them were Austin. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, and he goes on, He's winning. he wins his fourth WAF title here, which just a little fun fact, this is the only the third man in history to win three. He's after Hogan and Brett, so.
0: Yeah, <laughs> up to that point, that's, uh, that number has yeah uh, definitely increased uh, in the many years since then, which yeah, just goes to show you how much the business has changed, that he was only the third person to hold the yeah. title four times up to that point.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, because I, I thought Sean had, but he, he hadn't, you know, so. Um, just Hogan and Brett and then Austin. So that's some good company to be in.
0: So. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I will say, too, here that we are really... And 1999 is a huge, huge... It's a huge part of 1999 that the WWF Championship has just become just a hot potato here. Um, yeah. And I don't know, man. What do you think? Do, do, you, do you think that this was actually the plan for Undertaker's title reign? Because it comes to a very abrupt end here he won it at over the edge had that one title defense against rock um i don't know it's it's weird i don't know if it's because of his injuries or if this was always the plan for him to drop the title here on raw if for some reason they're responding to ratings crowd response vince just going off on a whim and trying to do something else creatively vince McMahon or vince russo i mean what do you think was going on with just this one month and one day title reign
1: well i think you just dropped it right there it was vince russo um you know he he says all the time on his podcasts and shows like he titles are props to him you know he's not a wrestling purist he's a he's a television writer he's a story writer so he uses that title as he says no one actually wins a title it's a fake fight you know so it's just a prop to move the story along to him and i think that really gets shown here in the WWE, and of course in when he's in wcw it happens on a literally a weekly basis sometimes twice in the same week but i think that's the key right there man is russo just uses it as a prop to tell the story to either further it or whatever so yeah it is kind of short like you know, i remember mentioning to you kind of before we were recording last week's episode that you know I, I didn't even remember the undertaker's third title win because it was at over the edge never saw it and then he lost it four weeks later at Fully loaded. So, like, I don't even remember this stuff, you know, because um, it was so short. And just he's not in the forefront of the of the rest of the weeks as we're gonna go see here. So, yeah, I don't know, weird stuff. But um, Taker nails Austin. Of the title, Taker nails Austin with it after this match is over, and um, kind of he starts bleeding. Austin starts bleeding from the head, and uh, Taker pummels him continuously as we go off the air. But like I said, that's it's a storytelling plot device at that point. The title literally is a prop. Taker her hits, Austin the head with. So I don't know.
0: And let's uh, put the blood counter uh, up on. Up, if we had a screen, we'd put the blood <laughs> counter up on there now. Uh, let's try to keep a tally on how many times someone's going to be busted open during this build-up, as this is All the right. first tease that we get to a first blood match because it gets out of control. Uh, let's uh, let's keep things moving on yeah. to heat. Episode 49 on July 4th, 1999. Uh, probably not the highest rated episode of Heat right here on uh, the 4th of July, but no. they, they did have an episode, and The Undertaker is on it here, cutting a promo, talking about um, he comes out uh, with Paul Bearer as his designated mic holder yet again. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the crowd is chanting for Austin huge here. Huge uh, yeah. They are so loud. Taker is really ticked off about how things have been going, and it's funny that he mentions the ratings here in his promo. (laughs) (laughs) It's not about ratings. It's not about television. It's about two men, and I use the word loosely with you, Austin, that just don't like
1: each other. What I seek is retribution. I don't want your soul because it stinks. (laughs) I don't want your rotting flesh because it ain't worth a you know what? It says, uh, "What I want is your blood." You know, last week I tasted it; I liked it, and I fully loaded. <laughs> I want a rematch for my World Wrestling Federation title. So, yuck! Tasted his blood, and he likes it. So he's a, uh, I don't know, gross. He's we'll be- see some more blood tasting.
0: <laughs> he becomes a vampire during this build up.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like Gangrel. I'll take this to turn this to turn Gangrel's uh, oh, uh, yeah. character up to eleven here. So. <laughs>
0: has huge gimmick infringement on Gangrel
1: during this build-up. <laughs> yeah.
0: We're going to talk about it here as we go on. Yeah. Uh, oddly, Undertaker yeah, he challenges Austin to a first blood match of Fully Loaded and Undertaker, who has no leverage here, says Austin has 24 hours to get back to him. Or else. <laughs> but, yes. You're not the champion, dude. Like, like, it's up to Austin Ooh. on whether or not he's going to give you the title match. Mm-hmm. But uh, Anyway, uh, that's not the last we see of the Undertaker on this episode of Heat. Here's where things really start to get confusing.
1: We got Hardcore Holly, who's now entered into the super heavyweight phase of his career. He's calling himself a super heavyweight, and this is going to eventually lead to his little cousin Crash, you know, coming yep. into WWF, but he's yep. challenging any big man, you know, and um, he has an open challenge to the big man, and uh, so Kane basically comes out and delivers a chokeslam to him, and he's he gets chokeslammed all the time by Kane, apparently, that's his new gimmick, so... Um, <laughs> And then Big Show comes out, another big man. um, And before he gets in the ring, Taker comes out as well. And he kind of slides in and stands beside Kane. And they stare down Big Show, and Big Show backs up the ramp. So I mentioned last week's episode that Big Show turned heel at King of the Ring against Kane. I will take that back. I don't know that he's a heel. I don't know that he's a face. I don't know what Kane is. I don't know what Taker is here at this point. Because, again, we've said it. Ad nauseum back in '98. When you get Kane and Taker on the same side, the crowd's gonna like it. Yeah, they something about seeing those guys together is cool. And so,
0: and this is the first what time, the heck is
1: going on here?
0: <laughs> I believe it's the first time they've been on the same side since Judgment Day, 1998. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, and it comes yeah. literally out of nowhere. Like, what is he doing? What Absolutely. is going on? Why? And uh, spoiler alert, folks, we're not really gonna get. A satisfactory explanation, in my opinion. But uh, nope. later on in the nope. show, a Big Show and Kane have another stare down uh, at the very end of the show. Uh, and X-Pac, who, if you'll remember, here is Kane's tag team partner. They're doing this storyline where X-Pac is, you know, trying to, uh, pull, uh, trying to make Kane, you know, more of more human, I guess, uh, trying to be a true friend to him. Uh, so X-Pac tries to pull Kane away, but Undertaker and Bearer come out again at the end of the show, and they're staring, standing at the top of the stage, blocking the way for X-Pac and Kane to walk away. Kane's being torn between all these different sides, and it's just, uh, it already at this point is about to make my head explode from what is happening, and what, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, Undertaker's supposed to be in the main event of the next pay-per-view, and... <laughs> what is he doing messing around with Big Show Kane and X-Pac and Hardcore Holly? I
1: um, don't know. I have no idea. I mean, at least the Big Show thing, you know, they kind of built that with the Louisville Slugger going on thing. on for a little, little while, yeah. But, yeah, now you got X-Pac and Hardcore Holly. Like, it's – but, again, I, I mean, kudos to Russo for giving everybody something to do on the show, but – I mean, he's back a little bit on some of the people. They don't need the same. They don't need to do something with everybody. So, yeah. But, again, you know, it's building toward the next pay-per-view after this, I guess. So it's weird, man. Weird stuff. So uh, that brings us to the next night, Raw 319, July 5th. And uh, Austin comes out to a – I just wrote – it's a thunderous ovation, man. I just – every week I'm – i am uh, baffled by how big his ovations get. They just keep swelling. They're bigger and bigger all the time. So, uh, but here's one of my favorite parts, you know?
0: I think, I know I'm going to crap on a lot of this stuff on this show. I don't know how you're going to feel about it, but <laughs> I, 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 I can't deny how much the crowds are in to everything yeah. that's happening here. Uh, you know, maybe it's just cause we're going back over it with a fine tooth comb 20 years later and picking out, all this stuff as you know, Monday morning quarterbacks or whatever. But dude, the crowds are electric for a lot of this stuff and the ratings are backing it up too. You know, it's, it's, you can't sure. deny all that stuff. And we can pick uh, all the plot holes and all of Vince Russo stuff all we want, but the proof is in the pudding, man. You have, you cannot deny how much people were loving it, you know, ourselves included, back during that time. I, you know, I probably wasn't. Sure. You know, maybe with some of the greater power stuff, I was kind of rolling my eyes at, but dude, I was I was right here for all this stuff, loving every second of it back then.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember a lot of this stuff. Again, I was still a WCW, you know, Mark, you know, uh, always a purist for them, but you know, I was still was keeping up with all this and flipping back and forth and like I say, we talked on the phone every Monday night, kind of walking each other through what's happening on the shows or flipping back and forth. So, um, but here's Here's something I love, man. Austin comes out, there's a raucous ovation, and he basically throws the entire greater power storyline under the bus. He says,
0: On a personal note, I would like to say to Vince McMahon, you say how you spent the last four months of your life with a master plan,
1: trying to take this damn belt away from Stone Cold Steve Austin, and on one Monday night, Stone Cold Steve Austin crumpled up those plans and shoved them right up your ass. So just like, like, oh man, he just basically crapped on all of that build, all of it. So and he's
0: exactly right.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he is. He is, man.
0: Well, now because of that, Vince is going to have to raise the stakes here uh, as Austin does accept uh, Undertaker's Challenge for the first blood match. He says, great callback here, he says he remembers what happened the last time he had a first blood match. Taker cost him that match uh, when he faced off against Kane, and uh, he wants to give him payback uh, a year later. Uh, But Vince interrupts and is going to take things to the next level. He says the WWF is not big enough for Vince McMahon and Steve Austin, so Vince is willing to leave the WWF for good if the Undertaker is not able to defeat Austin. So he's willing to leave forever, but he wants to give a stipulation for Austin that if Undertaker wins, then Austin will never get another WWF championship opportunity again. So one way or another, the main event at Fully Loaded is going to be the end of an era.
1: Yep, because eight days ago he got all his power back from Austin and he's willing to give it up eight days later. Yeah. <laughs> like, like what? What is that?
0: Literally oh. all he has to do is fire. <laughs> yes.
1: That's it. That's all he has to do. Two words. And it'd be fire. <laughs> You're fired. That's it. Two of his most famous words. <sighs> <laughs> oh yep so yeah he concocts that plan but again I do want to say it gives stakes for the match you know it, it gives yeah, matches course. have more meaning when they have stakes when you know when something ha- happens and it leads to something else that's cool and that's one thing that you know Russo was good at this time and even in some of his crappy WCW run lots of stuff had stakes you know I, I do appreciate that so it gives you a reason to to, to tune in and see what's going to happen to at the pay per view because they call it fully loaded, but I don't know about that. Uh, but, you know, with this match, is fully loaded for sure. But um, the show as a whole really wasn't. So, um, But, yep, once again, Taker's kind of thrust into the backseat of this Austin McMahon storyline. So, I mean... Good thing he's there to build this, like, he's a foundation they build this feud on. So. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He <laughs> <laughs> really is.
0: Oh. Well, there is another cool moment on this episode of Raw as we see the Acolytes, yes. who are, uh, you know, tangentially related to The Undertaker since they're in the, still sure. in the corporate ministry at this point. They lose the tag team titles to the young upstart Hardy Boys who get their first ever tag team title reign <sighs> here on this episode Man. of Raw.
1: I remember seeing that match live, dude, and just going nuts. Because the Hardys weren't even, like, the Hardys at that point. But I just remember, like, man, I love these guys. There's just something unique about them, you know? And, I don't know, just, it was a really cool moment. And just to see them beat, you know, the Acolytes, who were gigantic, and just could throw them around like ragdolls. It was really cool, man. Really cool moment. You Absolutely. could tell they had something. They were going to be something special. So
0: Yeah, and but still talking, talking about, about Hap- them to this day. Titles. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah,
1: and talk about hot potato in titles. Uh, we'll see what happens there. So yeah. <laughs> they're the champions here on July 5th. So uh,
0: We get an interesting handicap match here as Kane is going to face off against the big show and the big shot, Hardcore Holly. And again, <laughs> uh, we've seen The Undertaker involved in this Stone Cold Steve Austin feud earlier in the show. And now during this match, Undertaker and Paul Bearer are going to make their way out to the ring and distract the Big Show, uh, which allows Kane to get the win. And then Undertaker is going to hop into the ring and help Kane beat up the Big Show. And it's just... Why? Well, Undertaker and Kane... Yeah. The last thing we saw of them uh, a little less than a year ago was Undertaker talking about how he he's the one who set Kane on fire. He... They wrestled at Survivor Series. They're supposed to be split forever, and for no reason at all, he's going in there and trying to help him again. And also, Undertaker has a world title match at the next pay per view.
1: What is he doing? <laughs> yeah, <sighs> I have no idea. Again, you could you could have plugged him out of that world title feud and put him just in this, and had literally any other corporate ministry member, you know, because he's just a pawn in this in the Austin. Man scheme you know what i'm saying like, yeah yeah luckily it's undertaker because it's so it's high profile and you're going to want to watch but you literally could have p- p- plucked him out of it and put anybody else in that it would have been the same story you know so it's weird man but um so yeah during this thing there's there's lots of cheers and boos and cheers and boos because the crowd doesn't know who to cheer for and like again they're, they're cheering because the brothers are together but then they're booing because they're beating up big show i guess i don't know but then they they double suplex big show and then I think um, you caught it on in your notes that is this one JR says nobody's ever suplexed him. Yeah, before? he says
0: no one has ever suplexed Big Show before, and man, he clearly has never seen uh, Kurt Hennig pull it out on Monday Night. Dude, Show.
1: <laughs> I, know. I know, I remember that too. Oh yeah, that was insane.
0: Throw that <laughs> one in your uh, Google machine if you've never seen that. It's it's pretty spectacular.
1: Yeah, well get your get your blood count Fitbit out, and we're gonna have another. Another one up here. So Taker uh, gets a chair handed to him by Paul Bear, and he nails Big Show in the head. And as Kane looks on, and Big Show does the old Blade Jobski and helps sell that first blood match at Fully Loaded. So there we are. We got two two bleeders.
0: There is no way you could forget that that is going to be a first blood match at this pay per view, <laughs> man. And <laughs> you know, you I'll th- I'll save my thoughts here later on. Let's uh, we'll keep it
1: moving. Uh, okay. What what right. happens
0: on uh, Heat episode fifty?
1: Yeah, we got Hey 50, July 11th. Um, really neat um, opening package, opening up uh, the show that recounts the entire history between Kane and Taker and how they have an on-again, off-again relationship, like ri- r- rivalry and alliances. And now they're united with a common enemy in the Big Show as their victim is kind of the question marks mark. So this is the Big Show show right here, basically. Mm. So Big Show opens up the show, talking to JR about the collusion between the Brothers Grimm, he calls them. So. I was, I'm sure that's trademarked, but um, yeah, the Brothers <laughs> Grimm. That's a new new uh, nickname we could put on our Taker shirt once we get done with all these episodes. <laughs> Dude, Big Show, you think Big Show was um third behind Steve Austin and Rock here, the amount of pops he's getting, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's insane. So again, I take my comments back from him being a heel last week. So mm-hmm. anyway, he says he's going to take out Taker tomorrow and Raw and take out Kane at Fully Loaded, but it's going to start tonight. So wrapping it up, Kane defeats Bradshaw on the main event. And uh, Big Show comes out and nails him in the head with a, and I quote, truck wrench of some kind. <laughs> so it's a gigantic wrench, the size of my bed. Like it's as, it's as long as like a queen size bed or something. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So so yeah. And in my notes, I just wrote, wait, are we building to Big Show versus Taker or Taker versus Austin? I'm just very confused. But seems like we kind of dropped Triple H and Rock out of there. But well, I'll we'll revamp that comment in just a minute so
0: (laughs) it is all Uh. over the place man it it feels (laughs) like there's just no thought being put into what's happening next uh but i guess in a lot of ways there there is a lot of thought into you know or too much that you maybe too much thought into what's happening next year uh as it keeps on rolling to raw uh july 12th 1999 uh episode 320 Uh, It opens with Austin coming out to the ring, and this is a heck of a segment right here. He's got the contract (laughs) to uh, lock in the stipulations for the fully loaded match. So he calls out Vince here, and Vince actually is out in a wheelchair. Uh, We saw him in a wheelchair back in uh, the fall of 98, but that was all kayfabe, and he's legitimately injured here, I believe due to a motorcycle injury uh, that he had. So he's literally you know forced to be in a wheelchair here maybe, maybe not for but he does have a legit injury maybe he could have been on crutches yeah it's a shoot he will yeah. be on crutches later on but yeah uh, but he is uh being the great showman that he is he is playing it up big for heel heat coming out slowly in his wheelchair <laughs> yeah. looking for sympathy in it you yeah, know he's he's turning it uh turning chicken uh you know what Into chicken
1: salad here <laughs> yes oh yes he is so, yeah, they kind of – he and Austin kind of go back and forth about who's going to sign first, you know, kind of like middle schoolers in a playground. But basically Austin boils it down to, you know, give me my smoking skull belt, and then I'll sign it. So at this point we got Kane's music hitting, the lights go out, and thank God the, the commentators know it's Kane now. You know, it's yeah, been it's learned. It's been two years. <laughs> it's been two years. I know who it is now. So, um, But um, when the lights come back on, you know um, – Oh, I'm sorry, Austin turns Vince's wheelchair around to kind of put him in between Kane coming out from the top of the ramp, and then when he, the lights come back on, Taker attacks him from behind. So it was all just kind of a ruse to you know, sideline and ambush Undertaker. So he gives him the smoking Skull Belt one way or another.
0: <laughs> yeah, Undertaker wallops Austin with the smoking Skull Belt to take our blood counter up to three here for this episode. <laughs> Third time someone's been bust, busted open, and... I guess we're just reprising the whole Highway to Hell angle all over again as Undertaker and Kane yep. are going after Austin, even though Kane has now learned that his brother literally set him on fire and also set him on fire in multiple <laughs> Inferno <laughs> matches now. But apparently he's just, yeah. you know, he loves his big brother so much he'll hang out with him no matter what uh, at this point. I, yeah. I, I don't know what's happening here, but uh, the real memorable part is. Is that Undertaker gets the pen to sign the contract, dips the pen in Austin's blood, and then Vince <laughs> signs the contract in Austin's blood, which is an, an incredible touch to this storyline.
1: Well,. Because they 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 specify you know that's Vincent Man's fountain pen, so you know you gotta fill it with ink to write. So yeah, he's as the blood's running down Austin's head, he's holding it there, filling it with the ink yeah. as it's running, or filling it with the blood. It's just so like <laughs> gross, but kind of like that's so kind of cool. They thought yeah. of that yeah, at the same time, yeah. And like how like how evil and vile is that? You know, literally signing in his own blood. So I don't know. I mean, you could. You can sit there and be like, "That's crappy," but man, it's it was it was fun and evil, and it really told a good story there. I, I enjoyed that part. You know, what uh, a, what a scene.
0: Uh, what I enjoyed most is that Vince his um, he's got a motorized wheelchair, and it's not quite strong enough to go back up <laughs> the ramp, and he kind of gets stuck. So Shane McMahon runs out from the back and has to push the wheelchair up the back, and uh, you, you only For catch a, shoot, a glimpse yeah. of it before they cut the commercial, but it's pretty hilarious.
1: Yeah. It was great, man. It was great. So uh, that leads us to kind of throughout the night, the rest of the story is being told. Austin's telling the medics to get the doctor if I need stitches, and or just wrap a bandage on it. I don't need stitches. I don't care. You know, he's just saying, you know, I'm a tough guy. Just do whatever you got to do. So that's kind of told throughout the rest of the night. So um, we don't need to nitpick each little scene there, but well, we get um, X Pac and Road Dog come out talking about their DX problems they have with you know China and. I'm gonna use the name Billy Gunn, not his name. He's going by here on television. <laughs> what kind Please. of... A, what? A, anyway, I got yeah. What kind of a dumb name was that? So anyway, um, and Kane comes out and Xbox tells him, you know, you gotta choose. You know, don't let Taker manipulate you. You gotta, you, know, you gotta make a choice between me or the Undertaker. You know, your brother. So, um, d- basically, China Triple H and and Billy Gunn. So we got three fifths of the old DX come out and beating up. Uh, Beating up uh, the, the the good guys here, X Pac, Road Dogg, and Kane, and Taker comes out and he takes out Billy Gunn, who is a clear heel. And then he and Kane, Kane's kind of stand face to face, and he whispers to him. I don't know if he was wearing like one of those Britney Spears mics or not. Could you tell? Because like what he says is really loud. It does. But, it does sound know. really
0: loud. Yeah, as he tells Undertaker tells Kane that he's his brother and he will never make him choose. So and Kane is being torn. Between his new best friend, X Pac, and his brother, The Undertaker, whose side is he going to be on?
1: Again, has nothing to do with the blood. He just filled in ink or filled with a pin with earlier in the night. But got to keep building this stuff. So, anyway, um, then later on, you know, we see talk, Taker and Kane talking backstage, and then good old investigative journalist Michael Cole and, and kind of goes to investigate, and Kane, uh, or excuse me, Taker says. It's official. You know, we're back together. So, you know, if this, that were 2018, it'd be all over TMZ or all over Twitter. So, but it wasn't back then, but it's official. You know?
0: Yeah, we're back
1: together. He's going to make Austin bleed at fully loaded and might even drink the blood. So. Gross. <laughs> gross. <dude. laughs>
0: yeah, Kane has uh, decided he's going to team up with Undertaker in the main event to take on Austin and The Big Show. Uh, he actually yeah. skips out on a match. Well, he's supposed to team with X Pac and Road Dog against the old DX against Triple H, China, and Billy Gunn, and doesn't show up for that match. Uh, and The Rock takes his place instead. So again, they're uh, you know pulling in all these different directions. Uh, we see you know, Big Show wanting to align with Austin, uh, knowing that uh, Austin needs somebody to watch his back against Undertaker and Kane, and and that's going to be the main event of the night and it's a really i mean i thought it was a pretty fun little main event uh, attitude era brawl all over the arena yeah. and it ends with um uh taker is going to reopen that cut that he opened up at the beginning of the night on stone cold steve austin so take that to blood counter number four uh and yep. uh but kane is going to eat a stunner from austin to win the match uh even though austin's going to be busted wide open and the show ends with a just a lovely visual of Taker heading up the ramp and licking his glove that has Austin's blood all over it.
1: Delicious. Real blood. Yeah. His <laughs> actual blood. I hope, man, these guys must trust each other. Yeah, man. <laughs> they, ooh, man. And, uh... Yeah, but you know Austin does his late to the tag match arrival again. Like oh, you know, always, <laughs> so it's like he's kind of a jerk tag team partner. <laughs> That's his signature spot, though. But um, yeah, man, it was fun. But you know what, dude? Where the heck was Paul Bear? Where's he been, man? No clue. Ah, no clue. I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he didn't have a microphone um, to hold, so. Yeah, there you go. You know, or <laughs> yeah, or, or title anymore.
0: So uh, well, maybe yeah. he went home uh, because he was so ashamed. Because earlier on in the show, Draws took on Al Snow in a hardcore <laughs> evening gown match, and
1: um, did that I'm match. Sorry, can you repeat that? Uh,
0: yes, I will. Uh, Darren Drawsdoff <laughs> took on Al Snow in a hardcore oh. evening gown match, and I just want to say. I take back every bad thing I've ever said about the current WWE product after watching that abomination.
1: <laughs> I take it all back. Well, you mean it didn't get a 9.5? Oh, my goodness. I dude. didn't check it the ratings. Like, how do you do that? It's so bad, man. I got nothing to say. It's so bad. There are some real oh, hidden man.
0: gems on these episodes of Raw.
1: Oh, and I think we get um, the very first countdown to the new millennium, right? On this one, as far as we could tell,
0: this is the first one that I noticed. You know, I sometimes I fast forward yeah, this stuff, uh, but they are going on during this time. That countdown to the new millennium for the debut of Y2J, Chris Jericho. That's when it's starting, starting to see those graphics here during this time.
1: Man, love that guy. <laughs> I remember that night like it was. We'll get to that. Never mind. Well, I'll save my thoughts for that later on. We'll yeah,
0: I, I, you know, we've had few the conversation so that brings us, off air. I don't know if we'll ever do this type of podcast again, but if we did, Chris Jericho might be the best possible subject to do it on. Yeah, yeah he's right up there with yeah. Undertaker that you could analyze his career like we're doing here.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure, man, for sure. So that brings us to Heat 51 on July 18th, 99, and... um. Taker opens a show without Paul Bear again, man. It's I just don't know. I don't know what's going on, but he's not there. And so um, it's interview time here. He asks Austin how it feels to taste your own blood and says he dreams at night of Austin's blood bleeding out of his head until his carcass <laughs> stinks from the smell of his own blood. So I was just like, what? That's gruesome, man. That's gruesome.
0: Very vivid so, dreams.
1: But then he says he, – yeah absolutely um he says he's gonna regain regain that title and he says i'm gonna taste your blood and i will revel in it so like you said man gimmick infringement from gangrel right off the bat so it's just
0: uh, oh yeah
1: (laughs) so there's something in austin's blood though because uh taker says when he drinks he's gonna become more powerful he says oh yeah there's one more thing your worst nightmare has come true because the brothers have reunited so Apparently, that's Austin's worst nightmare, was that the brothers reunite. So, um, well, they stole the title away
0: from him uh, a couple of times now, so it really could be his worst nightmare. Very um, true. And you pointed out here, dude, I, I, I noticed it as well, Kane is looking ripped uh, during these few episodes. Dude. He's shredded, he's uh, leaned out,
1: and he looks great. He's... He's so lean. Like, I, I honestly thought, like, I had to go look up and see if somebody stood in for him a couple of weeks or something. Like, <laughs> he looks amazing. Because I, I remember saying, when, you know, when he first debuted at Bad Blood, like, he was bigger. I mean, I know mm-hmm. he had a little bit of lifts, in, but, like, his body was bigger than Taker. You know, he was he wasn't fat. He just was, I don't know, he had more girth, I guess, to him. And, like, he's so much smaller than Taker now. And Taker's not, like, big or bloated or anything, but... Kane has been hitting the gym ski, man. He oh, yeah. looks good. <laughs> I sound like a freaking Mark, but um man, he's no like, you know, he's no Johnny Gargano or anything, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> but he looks good, man, for a big man. He looks good for a big man. So.
0: Well, uh, the other big man, super heavyweight hardcore Holly, takes on Xbox. Uh <laughs> is more of uh, um, this nonsense with Kane and Big Show and Xbox and Undertaker and all that. Uh, Kane uh chokeslam's hardcore Holly. Uh, Once again, um, Big Show comes out, Kane attacks him, X-Pac hits Big Show with a chair, Taker comes out, looks at Kane, which causes X-Pac to leave the ring, and then Big Show chokeslams X-Pac and carries Hardcore Holly to the back. It's just continuing to interweave all these different guys, all these different plot lines, and it's just hard to make heads or tails of what any of it means.
1: Yeah, it really is. So, yeah, for those of you following along, you might need to grab out your pens and pencils and John John grab some uh, notebook paper to write down this stuff with. Man, it's hard, man. It's hard to follow. uh, Luckily, we take notes. (laughs) Because otherwise, I would have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) (sighs) Too tough. So, yeah, that's kind of how we – like I said, we've added Triple H back to the storyline here too because, uh, yeah, he's there. So, I don't know. (laughs) He's back in. He's back in it, so,
0: and he's gonna play a, a fun little part on this next episode of Raw on July nineteenth, the Go Home Show, finally episode three twenty one. Uh, as we're the we've got the corporate ministry coming out to the ring. Vince is still in his wheelchair, and the best part of this episode of Raw is <laughs> we get to see Triple H pushing Vince McMahon yes. in, in his wheelchair. <laughs> a glimpse into the future.
1: Oh. Yeah. yeah. 20 years from this moment, or 25 years, this will be what really happens, because it's been almost 20 years now. So, Vince is 73 in, in this day and age, so future four or five mom. years from now, he's going to be pushed around by sure play How hilarious <laughs> is that, man? I love this stuff. It's so good. Um, but, you know, I want to say, like, corporate ministry, like you said, they c- come out to open the show, and like, I just noted in my notes again, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, it's weird, like, it seems like they're fading into obscurity, like or not obscurity, but like, They're kind of dissipating. They're kind of having their own thing. Because one thing we haven't mentioned is, like, you know, you've got Midian still has a European title. And, you know, Shane and the posse are kind of feuding with Test because of his whole thing with Stephanie. So they kind of have all their individual little storylines going on nowadays. It's not like just the one man at the helm, like Undertaker was, and everybody's his lackey. So they're kind of fading off, and and they haven't really been a unit, like, you know, in a few weeks. But um, I don't know. It just... Something I wanted to note there, guys. We, you know, kind of pick apart Undertaker's, you know, career here. It's just kind of neat to see it kind of fading in, and it's going to kind of fade away pretty, pretty shortly here.
0: Yeah, it's all crumbling so down here uh, in these last final few, uh, final few days of the corporate ministry here. Uh, but Vince thinks that it's going to be Austin who is in his final few days. He encourages the fans to take Stone Cold's picture later tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> benefit of flash uh, photography. Uh, because it'll be the last time yes. Austin will ever appear on Raw as the champion. And Vince gives his infamous guarantee that this will be the last time we ever yeah. see Austin as the WWF champion. And Vince is so confident that he's going to not only place his own career on the line, but decides to say that The Undertaker's career is also going to be on the line at Fully Loaded. And the dead man is not too happy about that. Nobody threatens me, Vince. Nobody. Somewhat unsettling for the corporate ministry. It was you that made the deal with Austin. That's your problem. I have a problem with Austin, and it's personal. The hell with business.
1: He said, You made a deal with Austin. That's your problem. Uh, he said, I have a problem with Austin, but it's personal. He says, You know, to heck with business here at Fully Loaded, I'm going to open Austin up and become the champion again, but I'm going to do it for me and not for you. So, you know, Vince goes on to say, like, Who signed your paychecks, pal? And then uh, he goes on to say, You know, I made The Undertaker, which. He revealed to none other than Jerry Lawler months ago that he did. This is just Mark. So I don't know. Is he still just Mark now or is now that he's not abducting people, is he Takers? I don't know.
0: I don't know. And this (sighs) is like, it's almost like a babyface turn here. It's like all these shades of gray here. But Undertaker's kind of splitting off from the ministry here. Undertaker puts some bass in his voice and gets in Vince's face saying, nobody made me. And then Triple H uh, stands up for his future pops, um, gets in, gets back in Undertaker's face. Undertaker threatens to split Triple H's melon like he's gonna do to Austin. Um, And then (laughs) uh, Triple H sucks up to Vince, saying uh, he can't believe Vince would trust Undertaker. Um, He proved at King of the Ring that he's a team player. Triple H says, "You know, I know my place. I'm nothing without you, Vince." And I want to pay you back. I want you to substitute me uh, to face off against Austin at Fully Loaded on Sunday.
1: Yeah. So that's his great idea. And um, so Vince says, you know, I don't think I can trust Taker tonight. So, yeah, it'll be Taker and Triple H. And like you said, the winner faces Austin, and the loser will face The Rock in that strap match. So, um, yeah, they're just going to switch positions if they lose. So, um, Undertaker says Triple H's blood will be on his hands tonight in order for him to bathe in Austin's on Sunday. So again, <laughs> gross. Dude, he,
0: yeah. <laughs> he wants disgusting. to take a blood bath in oh, Austin's blood. Speaking of blood. blood.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of, here's a missed opportunity to actually do that because the glass shatters and Austin drives out in the mobile blood mobile from <laughs> Central Kentucky Blood Center. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is hilarious, dude. We've had the, I the beer I truck. not remember this, dude. Oh, I
1: didn't either. The beer
0: truck, the Zamboni, no. his pickup truck, and now we got the Bloodmobile, Austin's driving out. <laughs> yeah. oh. It would have been more they memorable. they never
1: released, like, a extra vigor.
0: No, they haven't yet. But uh, it would have been so much more memorable if he, you know, pulled a hose out and just started spraying blood like he sprayed beer. Yeah. <laughs> You know they talked about that.
1: You know Vince Russo
0: <laughs> and Bruce Pritchard. You know they pitched oh. that.
1: Oh, bro, bro. He pulls out in a blood truck, and he starts squirting blood on everyone. <laughs> hey, Vince, how about everyone has to sign a waiver because they might have hep C or something. No, man, it's a blood mobile. It's, it's all good blood. It's all good blood. It's clean blood. Dude, what the heck? You know that? You know he mentioned that. You know he did. Oh,
0: I want to say things about <laughs> oh. Vince Russo and, and blood squirting out, but I, I shouldn't. Uh, anyway.
1: Oh, my.
0: Uh, Austin gets up on top of the blood truck and uh, he says, <coughs> oh, If Undertaker my. wants blood, he's got a whole <laughs> truck full of it. And by the end of the night, he's going to lock Undertaker in the blood bus and extract some blood from Vince McMahon's skull later tonight. And I just thought, what a strange, strange way to get people excited for a pay per view match.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, man. And and again, this this really insults me too, as a as a fan and as a person who's been following this and following the storylines. Even at the time, you know, we got all this build up, all this convoluted plot holes to get to the greater, higher power reveal. Vince has been pulling the strings the whole time. Taker's been subservient to him. Vince is the greater power. He has more power than Taker has. Suddenly here out of nowhere we get vince healing on taker saying he can't trust him and taker saying that nobody made me when your whole four-month plot storyline was that someone has made you and he's made you the leader of this ministry and he's made you do these demonic things like what the heck man i i don't know man insults me as a viewer
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like they don't watch their own show. <laughs> They've forgotten all this yes, stuff. Yes, yes. And, dude, I when it gets down to the main event, there, I think it gets even worse. It gets even more nonsensical than that. So uh, there's kind of a running plot line throughout the show of uh, Vince in hiding in his locker room. Uh, wanting to be protected, not wanting yeah. Austin to come after him. So Triple H and Shane are sitting there with Vince to protect him. And just, these vignettes are hilarious to me to watch in hindsight of, you know, this is long oh, before yeah. Triple H is married to Stephanie. And he's sitting yeah. there on one side of Vince, Shane on the other side of Vince. Just a great glimpse uh, into the future, man. I, I can't put over how funny it is to see that visual in 2018.
1: Right. Sitting there in that room are the two fathers of Vince's six grandchildren. <laughs> wow. That's a great way to put it. That's, that's insane. It's Vince, Shane, and Triple H sitting oh there. Oh, my gosh. And between those two guys, he has three granddaughters and three grandsons. How crazy,
0: dude. How crazy. crazy.
1: Only in wrestling, brother. Yeah. Almost <laughs> as crazy. wrestling, we get some more GTV. I want you to talk about this. <laughs> Almost yeah. as
0: crazy as seeing it. Ben Stiller, Janine Garofalo, Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman, and Kel Mitchell from Kenan and Kel, the stars of the all-time classic 1999 comic book film Mystery Men, are caught on GTV talking about Deborah's puppies. Just wow. Oh, man. (laughs) I don't really have any other comment besides that actually happened on WWF television.
1: I, Kel loves orange soda, man. That's all I got to <laughs> say. I, man, you know what? Mystery man, I saw it in theater, brother. Me I too. I loved it. And I loved it as like a cult classic, too, man. I, I wasn't has, being you know, sarcastic. When I had my band in college. Oh, no, it's great. When I had my band in college, we named our second album Hang Loose after uh, Ben Stiller's uh, denim wallet from this movie. He says, <laughs> he may see my wallet, his denim says Hang Loose on it. So there you go love it there you go mystery man go watch it
0: I, mean, I, I think those four <laughs> should be inducted in the WWF celebrity wing of the hall of fame just for this segment oh put them in and absolutely
1: Danny Carvey was and he was, I mean not Danny Carvey <laughs> daggum <laughs> Drew Carey <laughs> excuse me excuse me but uh Drew Carey was only in the Royal Rumble for like a minute and a half and these guys were on GTV for like three minutes so I don't know who yeah. it's
0: more insulting to that you had those confused <laughs> I'm not sure.
1: I don't know. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I mean, <sighs> oh, I all right. Uh, so, we do finally get some sort of resolution or answers for this whole Undertaker Kane, Big Show, yes. X-Pac, Hardcore Holly, Love, uh, Pentagon, or whatever's going on here. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, Show when Holly take on Kane and X-Pac. Undertaker comes out and... Uh, I love Pentagon. Holy <laughs> oh,
1: cow. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Undertaker comes out that and... That sounds like a dating show on like MTV. I'd watch it.
0: <laughs> Undertaker comes out and beats up everybody who's not related to him uh, with choke slams and chair shots. <laughs> uh, and then Kane starts to follow Undertaker up the aisle Uh, But I guess Kane didn't see Undertaker beating up X-Pac because he turns around and heads back to the ring to check on X-Pac once he notices that he's been laid out. Uh, But as he's doing that, um, Kane looks up on the Titantron and sees a replay of Undertaker chokeslamming X-Pac. So Kane is upset that Undertaker beat up his new best friend. And so Kane gives a chokeslam to his brother. And it gets a huge reaction. (sighs) But... Huge! Why in,
1: the, why in the
0: world was he even aligning with the tiger in the first place?
1: I have no idea. I, I, I really, I have nothing. I have no idea. Like there was no nothing there, just to play into what's going to happen next month. I guess you know, like I don't know. I guess good on them for knowing where they were headed, but I don't know, man. It doesn't make any sense. Like, and why was that the straw that broke the camel's back? The right. Dude, freaking lit you on fire three right. times. Once as a child, and two, twice on television. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he's been trying to get his time on Xbox the whole time.
1: Oh my god, it's awful!
0: It's you awful. crossed the
1: line, brother. You choke my miniature friend. <laughs> oh. I, I I don't know, man. But you know, they actually Xbox Day being Xbox and Kane, they actually hug on the ramp, which is a precursor hug it to yeah. You know, you know, hug it out like Dan O'Brien and and Kane who. You could somewhat say wasted 10 minutes of television pretending to hug. I loved every minute of it.
0: Absolutely. It was
1: great. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So now, let me just recap everyone. Taker is now feuding with Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, The Big Show, his brother Kane, Xbox, Hardcore Holly, and Vince McMahon. And Vince
0: McMahon, Tom. yeah.
1: <laughs> so let's talk about that here. Oh.
0: The main event is Undertaker and Triple H fighting to see who will face... Stone Cold for the title at Fully Loaded. Vince Man comes out in his wheelchair, and he sits in the corner of the arena watching this match. Vince is just smiling with this evil glee on his face. Yeah. As Undertaker and Triple H are fighting each other in the main event, and JR notes that Vince is an evil genius because all he cares about is Stone Cold losing the title especially since Vince's career is on the line in this match. But if Vince is such a genius, this is me butting it, not JR, if Vince is such a genius, (laughs) why is he having his two main guys beat the crap out of each other six days before (laughs) one of them is supposed to represent him in a match where his career is on the line? And meanwhile, Stone Cold Steve Austin has the night off and doesn't have to do anything.
1: <laughs> Explain that to me, I brother. I didn't think of any. Of that. I, I didn't think of any of that. I mean, well, no, Austin doesn't have the entire night off. He's driving a bloodmobile around. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a match. So, yeah. Why would he not just? I don't know. Make it a handicap match at the pay per view. You know, if your career's on the line, stack the deck against Austin. Don't just great. say Here's I'm gonna put a guy I don't trust. I don't trust Taker. I'm gonna put him in there. As my career is on the line, <laughs> what
0: evil genius? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So, um, but you know, it's like you said that basically, awesome pops up on the Titantron as the match is going. Says he's got something for Vince because again, he's been kind of quote unquote hunting Vince the whole night. So, in order for Vince to stay away, not want to get his skull cracked open, he decides to come out to ringside because he's such an evil genius that he decides to put himself (laughs) right there for Austin to get to him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no idea, man. And uh, yeah, Austin runs down. This taker's about to go for a tombstone and he attacks taker. So, we got a DQ. That's the storyline. Now we're going to have the storyline progress. So, Take us through this.
0: Yeah, The Rock comes out as well and gets him some a Triple H. So they fight out away from the ring, and Jr. just guesses at this point that this means that Austin and Undertaker are still going to meet at Fully Loaded. We don't get like an an actual official confirmation of that. You know what our main event's going to be six right. days away from the pay per view, but whatever. Um, Austin <laughs> completes phase one of his plan. He said earlier in the night as he locks Undertaker in the back of the bloodmobile. Uh, which leaves Vince all alone in the arena. Uh, Austin hijacks the wheelchair, gives Vince a right hand, and Vince, you can see pretty clearly, he takes a minute to uh, cut himself open here uh, as Stone Cold yeah, yeah. <laughs> grabs the contract for fully loaded and officially signs it and then clotheslines McMahon out of his wheelchair as that takes our blood tracker up to five for the build-up of this pay-per-view. That's the fifth person. We've, Five. Fifth time we've seen someone busted open here, And, you know, thankfully, Paul Bear heads out and rescues Undertaker from the Bloodmobile because apparently Undertaker doesn't know how car doors work.
1: <laughs> well, maybe it's like a trunk. I don't know. We, I guess. We have no know. idea. I have no idea. But, you know, luckily Paul Bear was there because I don't know if he's back in eating and catering or what he's doing because he's been MIA these last couple of weeks. and. Yeah. Yeah, he finally returns when he needs to and saves Taker from the blood. Was the truck full of blood inside? That's what he said. He like, yeah, like, like a blood tank. Like was he, like no blood spilled out when he came out. It was No, I, I,
0: I think Austin hijacked some uh, blood donations that were supposed to be going to save some people's lives. And yeah, what a jerk. Probably uh, a lot of people lost their lives because of Stone Cold Steve Austin on this night.
1: <laughs> Trying to be selfish. Oh, probably so. So, yeah, so we got the fifth fifth blood count here, and that's not all for this night, and it's not all for the rest of this building here because taker makes his way back to the ring, nails Austin in the head with a beer can, and then he goes to rip at Austin's face with the side of the can making him bleed again. so we've got the blood counts up to is that six now
0: six and,
1: yep, and we've got taker a really cool visual I like this as it's going off here we yeah, got taker lays it. Austin next events. Yeah, they're both laying in their own blood. And then he actually rubs Austin's blood on his face as a shoot. He goes down, wipes his hand across Austin's forehead, and wipes it on his face as a shoot. And then he poses on the apron, holding up that smoking Skull belt with his tongue out and blood on his face. And it was a really cool visual, man. And, you know, heals up at the end of this show because you know the faces are going to go up at the pay-per-view. So it's really cool.
0: It was cool. Uh, It was (laughs) – but (laughs) – as we're sitting here, we're, at, we're up to six. We've seen six times people have been busted open in this build to a First Blood match. And I'm sorry, man, but in my opinion, the whole idea of having a First Blood match on a pay-per-view is that you're trying to get people to pay to see someone bleed. Yes. Yet on free TV, six times now in the past four weeks, we've seen <laughs> Stone Cold, Undertaker... Vince man, Big Show, all these different people bleed already. And it'd be one thing if you gave it away once or twice, maybe, one time for each guy to give the blood as a little tease. But why am I yeah. plunking down $30 for a first blood match when you've just given it away and we're about to give some
1: more of it away here uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: even before the pay-per-view starts again?
1: Yeah, no, that's true, man, because... Yeah, like I think Taker's the only one that hasn't bled yet, right? He hasn't. It's been right. show and uh, and so, but that's gonna change on Heat directly before the pay per view. So you're right, man. Why would I wind up spitting down the money for um for this to see the blood? Because the blood's supposed to entice you to watch it. Because you're gonna see someone bleed. It's gonna be real. But yeah, you're right. They're just giving away blood all over the place. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, Luckily, they have that blood truck.
0: Yeah, thank goodness. Uh, it did remind me, this whole segment of something that happened between us, uh, as Undertaker sliced Austin open with that beer can. Uh, it reminded me of a wrestling match you and I once had. Uh, I believe you'll remember this. We were uh, in your apartment in college, and uh, we were wrestling... Uh, in the living room, as we tended to do sometimes, just me and you and a yes, uh, we buddy Josh. Yes. Yep, just devolved <laughs> into wrestling <laughs> matches sometimes as we were watching Monday Night Raw. Yes, you know, uh, and yeah. <laughs> uh, our friend Josh uh, was a tobacco chewer. Uh, he usually would, you know, spit into a can or something like that. And so, as we were having our triple threat match there in the living room. Uh, I decided that would be a great weapon to use in our wrestling match to pick up this can that was on the ground. Because I thought it was an empty... It was a can of Vault, right? Yeah, probably Vault or Dr. Pepper or Pure Wine or something like that. Um, I thought it would be a great weapon to use and hit Travis over the head with. When I did that, I did not realize that was Josh's uh, (laughs) dip can that he'd been (laughs) spitting in the entire night. So when I hit you over the head with it, much like Undertaker did... It poured Josh's dip spit all over <laughs> your head and onto your carpet, <laughs> of your apartment, and you were you were legit hot first shoot, man. You were oh, not happy at at, though. At no, you were. like think you're upset at me for a good couple minutes.
1: Oh, I don't. I think I was more frustrated at the fact that I had dip on me. Like <laughs> I, I'm just an anti-tobacco guy in general, And so I was just like. Insulted that I had this some this spit came out of someone else's mouth <laughs> and it's tobacco and It's in a can and It's all over my head and all over my couch and my floor I immediately ran in the bathroom. I yes. clean it off because <laughs> yeah, I mean immediately so yeah I don't know I was. I mean, I don't know if I was angry you. I apologize, but I don't know like being mad You I had think every right to be mad the situation So you uh, had every right to be mad at me <laughs> Well, I don't think like I said. We knew, neither one of us knew it was full of dips bits, so it would have been a cool <laughs> thing. But um, I thought you were going to allude to that match that we had, the, our first blood match we had that we filmed, and we used the blood capsule, <laughs> and <laughs> it, we had left like two little dots of blood on your
0: head. We did do that we as did. well. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: yeah, we um,
0: we tried man, to incorporate some uh, blood into our matches, and didn't. <laughs> we weren't quite ready to blade yet, so no.
1: Uh, but no, the blood no, capsules
0: no. didn't work out the way we wanted to.
1: Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, don't try the uh, dip dip spit in a can on a pole match. So it's not <laughs> fun. <laughs> uh, um, anyway. Uh, so another thing, you're talking about these people bleeding all over the place. Um, it's amazing how people bleed easily when the storyline needs it to, you know, because there's people with mm. <laughs> headshots all the time and belt shots all the time. And I will say this, um, a little nugget from the past too, is that apparently the, the video games – don't follow this because um, it's not that easy to make people bleed on first blood matches because I had my little federation and my storylines going on my uh, on WWF No Mercy on the N64 mm-hmm. as you had on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And we you know we always did our own little creator wrestlers and did our own little federations and our own pay-per-views and our own weekly television. So in addition to watching copious amounts of actual wrestling, we made our own storylines on, on fictional wrestling. And uh, I'm sure... I'm sure uh, Zach Ryder and Kurt uh, Hawkins did that as well because they sound just like us. So, well,
0: but anyway, we had action had figure match,
1: federations, it was too. Sh- <laughs> Shawn Michaels. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's true. We did also have that. So, meanwhile, trying to keep up with two hours of Raw and Heat and SmackDown and three hours of Nitro and Thunder and Saturday Night and ECW on TNN. Great. Ooh man, it was a lot. But I had the main event of my big show that year for my Federation was. HBK versus Rock in the first blood match. And it legit took 60 minutes for me to make the Rock bleed. It legit – I did everything I could. I didn't turn it on. I didn't adjust the settings or anything. I remember – and I'm such a nerd. I actually filmed the match because I had it uh, running through my – vcr player like you you taught me that little trick so um yeah thank you to you and i remember going back and watching my own 60 minute first blood match <laughs> and uh it was incredible man i remember raving about that match to you it was so fun so yeah took 60 minutes for uh, to, to, on a game to make someone bleed and um here they just bleeded the drop of a hat so dude we were like the
0: original xavier woods man we had the original uh up up <laughs> yeah, down dude. or twitch we're just recording <laughs> our own video games yeah. Back in 1999. exactly. Yeah, I think I still have a few of those on tape somewhere. Some of my SmackDown pay-per-views.
1: Holy cow, we've got to watch those.
0: How are we married? (laughs) I don't know. Good Lord. Uh, How did we ever find wives? (laughs) Uh, I have no idea. Dude, I would have legit broken a controller if I had been in that sort of situation, man. That would have got me so frustrated. The 60-minute one? Yeah, oh my God.
1: It's... It's the greatest experience I've ever had to play a wrestling game. It's my favorite match I've ever played. I loved it. Oh, okay. I loved every minute of it. It was awesome. It was no, I loved it. Thing. It was okay. awesome. It was such a good storytelling. It was phenomenal. I loved it, but I mean, I hated it. it. took it long, but it legitimately took me an hour to make him bleed. So it was awesome. But anyway, Fair enough. speaking of people dr- bleeding at the drop of a hat, that brings us to Heat. Heat 52. July 25th, 99. This is, unfortunately, this is the last, um, uh, as of this recording, this is the last heat available on the network at the time, so we won't be able to necessarily watch all, all of them. We'll have to read recaps and try to find clips if we can, but um, anyway, this is a famous heat. It, some of you may not realize this is the one. This is the interview where JR interviews Triple H and he gives the old pretty much shoot style interview about you know it all began with the click and i'm the one that took the fall for that you know for the curtain call and you guys in the office you know you guys talk about how your students of the game well i'm the effing game and that's where he gets forever nickname from this you know from that day forward he's the game so um definitely coming out uh interview for triple h um i just want to mention that because it's a pretty iconic interview you know Pretty iconic.
0: Yeah, we've we've mentioned him coming into his own as a as a main event player here uh, over the past few months in the corporate ministry and all that sort of stuff. So it's cool to see that, and obviously very timely uh, as we're about to see him, like as we've mentioned yep. <laughs> uh, many times now, uh, up against the Undertaker yet again. Uh, again, the more things change, the more they stay the same here. Uh, as uh, finally, as in the last few minutes before the pay per view starts. Uh, JR is interviewing Austin backstage, and Taker attacks him from behind, uh, and he's wearing basically wearing the biker outfit that we're going to see here coming in the next year or so. It's what he looks like, <laughs> yeah. um, and I believe this might be the first time we've seen the tattoos on his chest. He's just wearing like a vest with no shirt on underneath it, so we see that Bone Street Crew stomach yeah. tattoo that he's got on there. Um, I don't know if that we've uh, ever seen that up to this point, yeah. but... More importantly than that, up the blood counter, up to seven now as Undertaker busts Stone Cold Steve Austin again five minutes before the pay-per-view starts. <laughs> yep. Uh, incredible.
1: So I, I guess psychology-wise, I understand they're trying to put it over. Like, he's going to give himself the advantage for tonight. And, you know, you see Vince and Sh- Shane kind of smiling on nearby. But, um, yeah, yeah, you're right, man. As far as a selling point, like, why do I need to see – I'm seeing so much blood. What's the what's the appeal of seeing some on fully loaded? You yeah, know, so
0: less is more.
1: Yeah. So that brings us to fully loaded, man. July twenty fifth. Have you ever seen this show like before this?
0: No, I think I'm like you. I think I only have ever seen the strap match with Triple H and Rock. Yeah. Uh, I think I've seen that one on on a DVD somewhere. But that, yeah, I've never seen this yeah. whole show.
1: Yeah, me neither. Yeah, just that one on one of their compilation DVDs or something. So, yeah, it was kind of neat to go back. I really have enjoyed that part of this you know, experience is going back and watching these matches that I haven't seen. So um, this is from the Marine Midland Arena in Buffalo, New York. So um, it opens up, the show does, with a uh, end of an era video recapping again this Austin awesome man feud over the past two years. It's, I don't know how long this video is. Three minutes and about six seconds at the end you get... Like, oh yeah, by the way, Undertaker's involved yeah. here too. So <laughs> <laughs> just, just, uh, just, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. like The horse is dead. Stop beating it. But I can't help but say, like Taker's relegated to the background again. like It sucks.
0: Yep. Uh, but he's still going to be in Austin's sights because he's going to want to get revenge on Undertaker <laughs> for busting him open. We actually opened the show continuing that angle from heat as Austin's getting medical attention backstage uh, He's going to need stitches, uh, for being busted open yet again. Uh, and Vince uh, is interviewed in the back by investigative journalist, Michael Cole, uh, who <laughs> suspects that Vince, <laughs> Vince might've been behind this attack from the undertaker. Uh, perhaps, uh, when Vince denies it, but he does guarantee yet again that Austin will lose the title tonight and never, ever be champion again.
1: Yep. So there's that guarantee that was so famous, you know, back in '98 that you know everything in guaranteed came true basically back then. So we'll see what happens here tonight. And um, yeah, we got we got King and Jr. on commentary again, and we're gonna add somebody else to that during our actual match. So um, a little fun fact for those of you you know uh, keeping up with this: um, the night before they were actually in Toronto, and Edge won the I.C. title on a house show. Uh, last minute change, I think Kenny Shamrock couldn't make the show or something. He had some trouble getting there, so. He makes the show, so he got his first title in the WWF, and it was an Intercontinental title, and he held it for 24 hours. So um, <laughs> lost it to Jeff Jarrett here in the opening match.
0: So. He does, and Stone Cold runs out. That's why we're mentioning this after this match. Yes. Uh, Jeff, and gives uh, gives Jeff Jarrett a stunner, you know, trying to show out for his future wife, Deborah, uh, standing out <laughs> there at ringside. And who wouldn't when Deborah's looking like she is on this pay-per-view?
1: My oh, God. my word, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a a year removed from the old you know sable thing last year full it's all about Full loaded and then what these women are wearing man it's ridiculous so um uh, goodness gracious so yeah he t- he, he wh- what beef did he have with Jared is there something going on there I don't remember he anything like
0: stuns him like he stunned him like two weeks ago on raw too uh you know they talked about that's why part of why Jeff Jarrett walked out is because he Austin wouldn't have a legit feud with him i think yeah they, i think they were trying to start to build towards that that because he that's keeps right that's stunning right. jeff jarrett uh, over these past few weeks and i think that's what russo wanted uh, and he's laying the groundwork for that but austin must have refused it once they really wanted to go down that road and that's why jeff jarrett walks out a few months from now part of the reason why
1: that's right, because his dad, Jerry, only f- gave Austin potatoes, basically, back when he worked in Memphis. So. Well. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he comes out and he tells, you know, he tells the big dead SOB to listen up. He says, if I'm going into this match with stitches in my head, then so are you. I'm going to find you and bust you up. So that's his job the rest of the evening is hunting for the Undertaker backstage. Um, so... Yeah, that's kind of what we're going to have going on there. So, a little bit, a couple more ancillary things. Acolytes win tag titles back from the Hardys to bring some gold back to the corporate ministry. So, we've had the IC title change hands, the tag title change hands, and then tell us about our boy Dennis.
0: Well, the European Championship <laughs> changes hands as DLO Brown defeats Midian. And just want to point this out here because a little housekeeping from a few weeks ago. Yeah. We've talked about how the company doesn't know how to spell Midian's name, how. He spells it M I D E O N, but the graphics sometimes spell it M I D I A N. Well, tonight on Fully Loaded, the graphics spell it M I D E E O N, but Midian's pants spell it down the side of it M I D I A N. So even he can't get it right on what his name
1: supposed to be. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I don't know, man. And I said this earlier. I, I think it's because he was looking for his eyeball because um, Big Show squished it. He squished his eye. So I think he just took, found another eye and stuck it in his name there. So um, now he's got two eyes. M-I-D-I-A-N. That so, must be it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I'm going to try to justify that. So I got no idea. So, um, yeah, man, what a what a European title run that could have been. And nah. that's not the last time we'll, we'll mention the European title. I want to mention something later on that JR has – because that's such a, a wonderful title, you know, has such a great, grand history. Yeah, I got you. So, not the only title that changes hands again, so we've got the tag title, European title, ISC title, Big Boss Man defeats Al Snow to win the, the Hardcore Championship, bringing even more gold back to the corporate ministry. So Midian is the the loser here, not winning gold <laughs> for the corporate ministry. So
0: Tragedy. Uh, <laughs> poor guy.
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> Vince is probably going to ream him out later poor on. Poor guy. Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, punch him <laughs> for real. It's <laughs> a so shoot. Uh,
0: we get some more development here with this whole, uh, with our love Pentagon as Undertaker <laughs> um, chokeslams X Pac and realigns or, or, or aligns now with The Big Show uh, to beat up on Kane uh, as Big Show and Kane have a match. Hardcore Holly's the referee here. Uh, so Undertaker comes out, uh, the referee's down, he chokeslams X Pac, he's teaming up with Big Show now. Uh, so that whole deal is starting their tag team. This is the formation of that, if you will. Uh, but Undertaker's plan, not so smart because he gets ambushed by Stone Gold Steve Austin as he walks through the curtain. And guess what? Austin busts open The Undertaker here for blood tracker number eight.
1: Just ridiculous, man.
0: What are we doing? Oh. What are we doing?
1: So it's you've the first already seen- blood
0: match in an hour. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, and both participants are bleeding. Have so, already uh, bled
0: on this pay per view. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like I said, I guess I'll try to see the silver lining and say, well, I guess it you know the story's gonna be well who's gonna open each other up first again. But it should it should be first blood match, not yeah. eighth blood, not eighth blood match.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> We're gonna have an eighth blood match. <laughs> We're gonna have a, a reopen the wound match. It's, like, it's not what it is. That, that's literally run. what this is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So oh man, keep it, keep all that big show stuff in your mind because we're gonna get to that next next week, I think, on this podcast, right? So um
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, but this is the guy who they just bashed each other's skulls in with, with Louisville sluggers a few weeks ago and now they're on each other's side. So anyway, but yeah, it, it was a cool storytelling thing to get Taker to come back to the gorilla position and then get attacked by Austin. So the sides are even now, as JR says. And um, speaking of JR, after this abysmal Iron Circle match, in which if you want to see every mid Carter from the WWF Attitude Era in their sweatpants and T-shirts, go watch this match. They're like a street gang from the Daredevil Netflix series just sitting on their car hoods, honking horns, and it's absurd, man.
0: Who wouldn't want to see that?
1: Well, after this abysmal match, JR goes, All right, well, uh, take it away, Rooster. <laughs> and we cut, we cut to Terry Taylor interviewing uh, Taker about how the odds are even now. And Taker just slams Terry Taylor down like, I just wrote apparently everyone in the wrestling business wants to do cuz every podcast or any of you are listen to whenever Terry Taylor's name is brought up everyone hates the guy. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. <laughs> what has he done? <laughs> but
0: doesn't have um, a lot of friends anymore. Uh, no. And he still Taker's works for the company, them, doesn't he? You know? He does stuff in NXT. There, he? Yeah. I believe so. I believe he's one yeah, of the trainers down there. So.
1: Yeah. So, well. well,
0: the uh, WWF Championship match is the main event because Stone Cold Steve Austin's involved, and Stone. Right. <laughs> uh, the, the title's not the main event. Stone Cold's the main event. Uh, we yes. get, uh, as you mentioned, Vince hobbling down to the ring to join us for commentary for the match. Thank Always God. a treat. Uh, and then we get the uh, sort of like the boxing or UFC style entrances as we see both guys. Walk from the locker room all the way to the ring. Uh, and Undertaker comes out first. He's still trying to clean up his wound from earlier in the night. Got a towel on, dabbing the blood.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's wiping his head, man. And I, yeah, I love this. You know, that big fight feel they they give it. They did it back at uh, WrestleMania fourteen. I remember, you know, seeing that. Did they do it at thirteen with Austin and Brett too?
0: Uh, I can't I remember. Remember, but they, they but
1: do do it every once in a it's, while. It's it's really cool to see that. You know, it's kind of like yeah. boxing, UFC style, and um. I love that, but I don't know. It's, it's really cool. I wish they'd do that more often nowadays. But yeah. one thing one thing I want to say before we get to these entrances is they show this another video recapping everything, and it actually focuses on Austin and Taker, which is nice. But, but they conveniently leave out of the recap video the moment from Raw where Vince says that Taker's career is on the line. That's not in this video. So I don't know if it's retconned or they just decide to wipe it because – Spoiler alert! He's going <laughs> to lose.
0: It's not what happens.
1: <laughs> and if the, yeah. So I don't know if they just scratched their heads and said, uh, "Maybe we shouldn't do that." I don't know what happened, but it goes to show that they're just they're kind of booking this stuff on the fly, All maybe. on the so, fly.
0: <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah. Change their mind and just like, oh, forget it. We're going to yeah. ignore it. Like we said, Taker comes out first. Austin is going to come out next. Um. Oh, uh, important note here. Uh. Untaker, no cloak, uh, no big crazy entrance, no yeah, Paul Bear, nothing. nothing like that.
1: Yeah, no pyro. I mean, he's got the smoke and like the, the lights down, but I'm still no pomp and circumstance, you know, for him. No Paul Bear. I got no idea, man. That was where's Paul Bear?
0: And we we don't so, see him. He he never no. never makes an appearance here, which is really weird, especially as a no DQ.
1: Yeah. So and then uh, Austin's about to come out and we see, um, he's getting shown backstage and Lawler asks, you know, well, if Austin loses this, you know, are you going to let him, you know, fight for the I.C. title or maybe the European title one day? And JR is like, oh yeah, the old coveted European title. So you know, he's just crapping on it already. So, and, um, even earlier, he's had something too about Vince. Um, uh, when, when Vince is coming out for the guest commentator, he says, you know, you know, Vince was going to fire the board. He, he'll, he threatens to fire board members if they sneeze in the, uh, in the meetings which apparently is a shoot because you hear jericho and austin and even pritchard all mention that like vince hates sneezing because it shows that you're not in control or something it's like oh, i just love the jr is bringing that to the you know the real world here it's great so
0: what a fascinating <laughs> human being he is
1: i know man i know
0: um, um as so as austin comes out Uh, He gets met in the aisle by The Undertaker, and they kind of do their typical brawling that we've seen here in a lot of their matches all around the entryway. Um, And JR notes on commentary that this match can only be stopped by the American Red Cross. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what they do about stopping blood. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Only when there's so, enough for them to, you know, when you give blood, they you got to get a certain amount. So maybe they're going yeah. <laughs> to keep track of how much blood comes uh, out. Just, and then that's gonna I stop measure them.
1: the ounces, I guess. I don't know. Man. Well, yeah, Vince, just...
0: Vince does say on commentary that he, he promises this match will not be stopped for just a trickle of blood. It, it will have to be gushing uh, for someone to get the win. So,
1: Yep, he does say that. So um, I don't know if he guaranteed it or not, but he does say that. So, yeah, but they – like I said, they're fighting along the guardrails on the, you know, the old bicycle rack guardrails and they're using stairs and they're by the ring and they're onto the announce table and takers trying to rip it. Austin stitches. So again, that's good psychology. You know, I guess if, if we've already got both guys opened up, they might as well reopen the wound to make a you know, uh, reopen the wound second blood match, um, whatever. So, um, you know, but he, at one point here, um, they, they, uh, Take your clotheslines, Austin, into the like, over the guardrail into the audience, and then he grabs the stairs and throws him into the crowd. <laughs> like, a
0: little it's
1: reckless. Like, it's <laughs> a little bit reckless. Can you imagine? Like, if that had hit somebody? Yeah. Like, oh man! It's Like when uh, Brock. Yes. To the a car
0: door into the crowd. Or
1: exactly what I thought about. <laughs> exactly what I thought about. It. And then, okay, so I want you to help me here. Mm. So they're they're brawling right here, and then Vince on commentary says. I could care less about The Undertaker. I just wanted to beat Austin. What about the last five months? And the freaking know. greater power thing. I, why all of a sudden do you not care about Taker? I just don't get it, man.
0: He's supposed to be your designated guy that's fighting right. for your career here. Maybe you should have picked somebody that you care about, that you <laughs> yes, trust. Exactly. Oh, my
1: goodness. Pick boss man, honestly. Nah,
0: maybe don't pick story boss From a storytelling
1: perspective, you should have picked a big boss man. You
0: Should have picked him, like he,
1: you know, he's 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 always gonna be there for you, yeah, so.
0: sure. Anyway, <laughs> viscera 500 pounds.
1: Oh, they were tag team the other week, remember? Yeah, <laughs> can you imagine if it had been former Mabel and Austin in a main event, like oh pay per view in '99? Good heavens! Well, he was supposed to be the third oh, man, man in the NWO, yeah, yeah.
0: So um, uh they uh, these two guys they fight around the ring for about five <laughs> minutes man they they finally make it in, in, inside the ring which is fine you know it's a first blood match and that's really the psychology of everything here they're just which is great and i actually appreciated it they're yeah. trying to bust each other open man they're not out here uh doing ankle locks they're not out here doing figure fours or anything like that they are Trying to slam each other's head into tables, into stairs, into guardrails, into all that sort of stuff. And for me, it didn't make the best match to watch, but it did make sense in the sense of what the goal was supposed to be. So I appreciated it. I appreciated the whole match in that sense, even if I wasn't super entertained by it, I guess.
1: Sure, man. Absolutely, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. And again, even when they are like, like Austin goes to work on Taker's leg in a minute here, and um, they suggest that you know he's just trying to get him on the ground so that he can then pound his head, you know, and stuff like that. So you know, t- commentary is trying to tell that story too. So I do appreciate the psychology. Like you say, it's not a five star classic, but um, at one point Austin reverses um, something and he takes out Taker's legs, like I said, and he starts ripping at the staples. And then <laughs> Vince says. Austin's trying to knock the chocks out of the Undertaker. I just, I, what are chocks? What are the chocks? I don't know what that means. Oh, word, word of the day
0: calendar, man.
1: I don't know what the chocks are. He says it so confidently, too, man. And oh man, we got a hopes.
0: He smelled yeah. what the chalk was cooking.
1: <laughs> I guess, man. Oh man. So yeah, there's. They go back outside here, and Taker tries or, or Taker gets his leg wrapped around the ring post by Austin and. Then he kicks Austin over the railing and tries to crotch him. Um, and then they start bleeding, or excuse me, Vince starts saying that Austin's bleeding, but we can't see it because his back's to the camera, but he's not, you know. But they keep teasing that kind of stuff, telling that story. And they go back in, to the Spanish announce table, and um, he, uh, Taker tries to hit Austin with a chair, and he dodges it and does a drop toe hold into the steps, which, again, you'd think that would make him bleed too, but it doesn't. So, um, Yeah. And then uh, Lawler suggests he stab him with a pencil. Why not? uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yikes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) First blood match, dude. Sure. Uh, So they get back in the ring, and uh, actually Undertaker seems like he trips over Earl Hebner here, uh, gets knocked down um i don't know if they were supposed to do that or they mistimed it or, or what was going on there but uh, it ends up yeah. working out uh taker falls back in between the ropes and gets his arms kind of tied up in the ropes the old uh, andre the giant spot right there uh which is perfect because mm-hmm. now austin has a chance to grab a chair and he's going to try and bust undertaker open right here and then shane who hasn't really played a part in it he's been focused on his Storyline with Test uh, and, and the Mean Street Posse and all this. But he's going to get involved kind of out of nowhere here.
1: Ooh. Try to make
0: the save. And he just eats a chair shot right to the head <laughs> from, uh, from Austin. <laughs> unprotected.
1: It It is honestly one of the ugliest, stiffest ones I've ever seen. Man, He gets in and Austin just blasts him, man. And all these other guys are bleeding like he should have bled right there. You know, yes. honestly. Yes. It was nasty nasty
0: the best part is
1: jr's like
0: he says to vince don't you think you need to go check on your son and vince says he'll be fine (laughs) just (laughs) couldn't care less (laughs) and his son just suffered a massive concussion
1: yeah exactly exactly so um taker kicks uh, austin here as he's in the ropes and hebner kind of helps him get out of the ropes and then we get the low blow death valley kick to austin and uh starts working on his ribs and standing on the back of his head in the corner and Undertaker's unwrapping the top turnbuckle pad here and saying, you're going to bleed, boy, to Austin. So Austin reverses, you know, trying to get his head hit into the thing and uh, hits a stunner on on Undertaker.
0: Yeah, and that's going to give Vince good. a chance to kind of hobble into the ring and try to save the day with his crutch. But he gets clocked by Austin. uh Austin grabs another chair from the outside, but Taker hits him in the stomach with the one that's already in the ring. Gives him a shot to the back. And then Taker makes a mistake here by uh, attacking the referee, Earl Hebner, uh, throwing him into the corner, knocking him out for a little while. And that's going to leave the door open for, of all people, (laughs) X-Pac to run out here in the main event of a pay-per-view to save the day for Stone Cold Steve Austin, man. So it makes sense in the how this whole storyline has gone, but it's kind of random to look back and see Xbox in this role.
1: It is, dude. And you know what? I gotta think. I gotta think it's from that rub he got at No Mercy UK, man. That's at the right. end of that night, when yeah. he was celebrating with his boy Hebner and and Austin, uh, and both of them were in peril. There, it's see? all connected.
0: See, see <laughs> that No Mercy
1: pay per view so, was important. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good thing we covered it. <laughs> exactly. Go back and listen to that one. If you didn't you did listen to that one. Shame on you. Go back and listen to it to see why Xbox is getting the rub here. But yeah, dude, he comes out and hits a freaking Van Daminator on uh Taker, basically. You know, Taker has oh, that's exactly a was, chair in yeah. front of him. It's a Van Daminator on him, and which is cool to see. And then Austin grabs a camera from one of the camera guys. <laughs> so random. <laughs> it just it hasn't played a part in this whole storyline build, but he grabs a camera and smash his taker with it and taker starts bleeding um but of course the ref is still down at this point so
0: he is um they continue to brawl austin and taker do and taker is able to get the upper hand actually and gets austin up to the tombstone but as earl hebner wakes up he sees undertaker's face as he's holding up steve austin undertaker realizes what's going on and kind of drops austin as hebner rings the bell and Austin gets to win in this first yep. blood match to retain the title at about 16 minutes into it. Uh, but that's not all of it, man. Uh, Undertaker just knocks out Hebner again, and, and him and Austin keep fighting. Austin nails a stunner on Undertaker and then gives one to Vince McMahon for good measure, too. <laughs> Vince McMahon, his era has ended, apparently. He is yep. gone from the World Wrestling Federation forever
1: right <laughs> yeah we know never say never in wrestling but yeah it's, this is it this is the end because the crowd loves it they love that you know their heroes won and vince is going to be gone and um now you know starting next storyline triple h comes out because he's going to meet um austin at SummerSlam because he won that match earlier tonight against the rock so he comes out and starts beating up austin rock comes out beat up hunter uh taker comes back Back to life, basically, and he nails Austin between the eyes with a chair, so he's now bleeding. So that's what, what, nine, ten? Is that ten now? That, because Undertaker, Blair, I've lost count. <laughs> I think yeah, eight was Taker no, yeah. on, earlier in the night. Undertaker, Austin, Austin, Austin yeah. ten. So that's ten. And, uh, so he, he's bleeding. Yeah, and uh, Taker's destroying the ringside area like Bret Hart did back at the uh, screw job. And uh, they're they're both brawling, and they dude they, they got that Gordon Soley crimson mask on. mean, they're both. It's a lot of Austin blood coming down. Is
0: gushing, man. <laughs> His cuts yeah. been opened like six times in the past few weeks. So yeah, I don't blame him. Yeah, I know. Um,
1: yeah, Shane. So, gets- and then in a, in a dumb move, Shane. Yeah, he comes in between both of them, and Taker just clocks him in the head as well. <laughs> so, poor Shane. Oh, and you know the weirdest part of this
0: whole brawl here going on? It, it's, it goes on for five minutes after the match uh, as the show's yeah. going on. Stone Cold's music never plays. Didn't play when the match was no, over. it's weird. Uh, it didn't get to celebrate as champion. I don't think it played before the show went off the air at all. Uh, it's very, very strange here. Uh, very uh, That almost never happens.
1: Man, you're right. I didn't even pay attention to that, but well, you're I right, just man. Noticed I noticed it because it was so weird. It stood
0: okay. out. Um, yeah they keep Austin Undertaker yeah they can't stop fighting Uh, the crowd is loving it though they're chanting for Austin they're popping mm, for all of mm -hmm. it but Undertaker finally walks away walks towards the back um, and leaves Austin and Vince to share uh, one final moment with each other
1: oh yeah man Austin comes in a bloody mess extends his hand for a handshake to Vince Vince kind of reluctantly gives it to him and then of course dude kick wham stunner boom awesome you know putting vince out on his butt again and dude i just austin is so bloody man and taker's still on the aisle looking he's got his (laughs) he's got his eyes rolled in the back of his head when his face is a bloody mess like in some kind of really sick twisted way it's a really neat visual man um really neat to see him on looking there but um yeah that's that's how it ends here well not without a sign off from good old jr
0: (laughs) (laughs) he says austin stuns vince jr says Good night, sweet prince. <laughs> Great line.
1: Classic JR. Um, now, if you sneeze and call your boss sweet prince, are you definitely going to get fired?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, yes. If you're Jim Ross, you're going to get fired three more times, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: That's true, man. So, you know, I, I got to say, this match told a good story. I mean, I was glad I watched it. It was fun to watch. I've never seen it before. Again, they, don't, they just don't have the you know, in-ring chemistry, um, but it was a fun ending. The aftermath was really fun. All the players getting involved, the chaos, it made a lot of sense. And But, dude, I just got to say, man, what a missed opportunity to have that loaded loafer. If only Taker had that, had Paul Bear and the loaded loafer, he could have won the title here this night.
0: He could have, yeah. he should have, and <laughs> it goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of the show uh, with WCW and WWF, the... It, and that's a great point about Paul Bear. The creative is honestly just a mess right now, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. And again, this is me talking twenty years later, and obviously the ratings and and the crowd responses. You know, I'm, maybe they proved me wrong, but watching it back, it's just it's all over the place. And it was hard for me to really get invested in this mm-hmm. whole month to build. The match was fine. Um, it felt like. It felt like me and you wrestling in the backyard and just hitting each other with weapons, not really doing any moves to each other. Uh, But it it told a a decent enough story. Uh, Not my favorite match that we've ever done, Uh, but you know it was fine. And but it's just it's hard for me to get invested when I don't know why I'm supposed to care about Vince McMahon and Undertaker and they hate each other and. Even back then, yeah. you, you knew Vince McMahon wasn't going to be gone forever, so you knew that storyline didn't really matter all that much. So, you know, uh, not a true highlight, but um, it, it be, it's worth going out to see if you've never seen it before, especially if you miss seeing blood nowadays, you will see plenty of it on the Yeah, TV. For sure. <laughs> Ten. Ten times. Yeah. <laughs> So we oh, want to hear man. from you. We so. want to hear what you think. Uh, you can let us know on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Talking Taker. We love hearing your thoughts. Um, you can let us know what you thought of the match. And you can leave us a comment or a subscription or a rating over at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or YouTube uh, as well. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, I do want to mention one thing message we got uh, from one of our followers, let pull it up here, about something we missed out on last week. Uh, This was from uh, a guy who's reached out to us a couple times, at Philip Goad. Uh, He mentioned during that Higher Power episode um, that, you know, when Shane, in that promo before the Higher Power is revealed, he keeps saying all those platitudes about who the who the greater power is, about how uh he's yeah. the incredible man and, and all this sort of stuff, yada yada yada. Uh, apparently Shane said all of those same things about Vince at Royal Rumble nineteen ninety nine as well when they're doing the video package, I guess maybe the training video package as oh. well. So there was kind of a callback to all of that. And Philip noticed that. And he said that adds a little something to this weird story. He didn't know if it was intentional, if they always hmm. planned on something like that, but they did use that uh, in that build there. So that was a cool little Easter egg that we missed out on. So thank you, Philip for pointing that out.
1: Wow. Yeah, man. Awesome. Thanks for pointing. That's really cool, man. I didn't yeah. realize that, you know, they had so much detail in that, you know, Yeah. that's nice really neat. Touch.
0: And, uh, I also want to just point out a couple things here. Uh, as, uh, you know, pointing out all things Undertaker. We mentioned that video that's on our social media from the Fellowship Church. If you want to see Undertaker out of character talking for 37 minutes, uh, go check that out. It's well worth your time to go do that. Uh, and if um, most of you guys have probably already seen it by now, but there's uh, some cool stuff on the WWE Network. Uh, the Mick Foley 20 Years of Hell, Hell in a Cell stand-up thing. Obviously, yes. Undertaker's integral in that, and that was a really entertaining uh Stand up special from Mick Foley to go watch. That's worth your time. And there are a couple of new WWE Network collections involving The Undertaker. There's one, uh, there's some stuff in the Hidden Gems collection with three
1: mm-hmm. Undertaker
0: and Triple H matches that have never been on the network, including that Shotgun Saturday Night match and the Friday Night's main event match yeah. that I mentioned as well. And they also put out a collection with every Undertaker Triple H singles match on the network if you want to get prepared yeah, for cool, their man. big battle. So cool stuff on there. Tomorrow. Yeah, that's coming <laughs> tomorrow. So we'll be watching that. We'll talk about that on next week's show a little bit as we cover, man, it's our big uh, semi-finale of the Undertaker's first nine years. His initial run, this first Phenom, Dead yeah. Man incarnation teaming up with The Big Show against Kane and X-Pac. We've actually got two more episodes that we're going to do. We're going to throw a little bonus episode at you, so we'll talk about that more next week. We've talked enough on this episode. Man, I want to thank everybody for joining us. I know these episodes keep getting longer and longer and longer, but you guys keep listening, so and we're having fun with it, so we appreciate you tuning in and allowing us to uh, to be silly and have a little fun talking taker. Uh, we just appreciate it. We appreciate your feedback, and... Sing along with this journey. Stay tuned, man. It's going to get even more fun as we go into the next evolution of the undertaker coming up here in just a couple more weeks. I'm excited.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to next week too. I got a little fun big show story I want to tell. I'm um, I, I, doing some research for that. So I'm, I'm excited to get to that too. So yeah, man, if you guys were there, the Marine Midlands arena in Buffalo, New York, let us know. Let us know how you felt about seeing blood for a million weeks uh, leading up to this. That you kind of got shafted out of first blood. Um, let us know about anything else on the night. Anything that we missed, you know, or how the you know how the crowd took it, you know. Um, anyway, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, take it easy.